you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello, and welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. This is really a podcast that's geared toward legends communicating. It's like having a, a microphone in a locker room. And I have London Fletcher, my teammate, uh, John Carroll, Cleveland's finest, <laughs> got a scholarship in college initially with basketball. Yeah, correct. He, he, he tells me, I'm joking, he tells me he's the best basketball player to ever come out of Cleveland, Ohio. All right. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron, LeBron is from Akron. Yeah. LeBron is from Akron. Okay, okay. Exactly. Yeah. They, they tell Plays me that LeBron learned, from, LeBron learned from London Fletcher. Go. That was his inspiration, <laughs> not Michael Jordan. Let's just put that out there. And London played 17, 15, 16, 16 years. years. Wow. Did you ever miss a game? No, nah, man. I missed one in college for suspension. I'm talking about but in the pros. Not, in yeah, the pros, that's a, no. We don't want to talk about that suspension, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah and, and, nah, and just, nah, not uh, in the yeah, pros. Free agent signee with the Rams and never look back. Part of the greatest show on turf. The part they don't talk about, the guys that won the defensive side mm-hmm. that played a huge role in that team's success. So welcome. Thank you. Then we got Brian, Brian Westbrook, that prototype every down, as London said earlier, every down running back which now is being replicated in the league now. That versatility, catch the ball, line up a receiver, also tough enough in between the tackles. Nine years? Nine. Nine yeah, years? I, I, Villanova? I, I, Who comes out of I thought basketball cats come out. I the, thought, the running back's out of Villanova. You, third you round shady, drafting, right? When they offered me a scholarship, they were like, yeah, Villanova wants to offer you a scholarship. I'm like, they want me to come play basketball. In my <laughs> right, mind, they, yeah. they just offered me a you basketball, basketball scholarship. You played basketball as well? I did. Oh, I did. wow. And you I played like, at DeMatha, right? At DeMatha, yeah. And they were like, no, are you crazy? No, of course they don't want you to play basketball. They want you to play football. And I was like, I didn't even know Villanova had a football team. <laughs> Nobody knew the no. I mean, no one knew, but it worked out. It worked out. Then we got Chris Cooley, man, originally from Wyoming. Is that what? Where are you originally from? Yeah. You Wyoming, right? Yeah. And Utah State, right? Utah, how many years, Chris? How many years in the league? Nine. Nine. Allwood, Washington? Yeah. Okay, so Allwood, Washington. So welcome, man. We just said Very good player, too, man. Um, Yeah. H-back, you know, matchup nightmare for defenses. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he was was, a versatile tight end that could block, but also I always thought. Couldn't be. Linebackers couldn't couldn't check in. Safeties couldn't cover him. I always thought for the defense, a good tight end was the hardest guy to match up with. Yeah. The linebacker couldn't wasn't necessarily a good cover guy, necessarily. And the safety was, that strong safety was an undersized linebacker. But we could talk about our perspective in terms of how the game has evolved a lot. But one of the things I want to talk about uh, pointedly is we all go through it, every legend goes through it, and that's retirement. Now, what was your experience like with retirement, London? You know, for me, um, so I played 16 years, and I was 
ready to retire, and I thought, you know, I'm going to retire, I'm going to, you know, go play me some golf, I'm going to, you know, just um, maybe get into some broadcasting, you know, enjoy my family a lot more, my wife. Um, it, it was difficult, I will say, and it was, um, you know, that first year, year and a half, it really takes, it took me a while to really get comfortable in, you know, being outside the, the NFL. So I got my job in broadcasting. I went to, to work for um, CBS Sports Network as, a, as an analyst. And prior to me getting that job, you know, it was like a sense of a loss of identity. Like, I'm no longer a, a professional football player, but I'm not, like, I don't have a title, some uh, occupation. So I'd see um, different people, like, hey, London, you know, you're retired now. What are you doing? And I felt like I needed to give them an answer. Sure. Like, have an answer for them. Something to justify it's the my... worst question of all questions. Well, it's just so. What are you doing now? And they look at you with the yeah. almost empathy. Yeah, and it's, like, yeah. It's, <laughs> no, I'm cool. You know, it's fine. Like, I, I, I don't and, have and, to be doing anything. But yeah. Wow. And, and, and and I struggled with that. And I mean, I I made a lot of money, so it sure. wasn't even about needing money. It was feeling like I needed an answer to feel significant. And once once I got that job, you know, with CBS, it's like okay, yeah, I feel good about myself now because I have an answer but not realizing that I should have been okay saying, you know what, well, I'm just kind of taking my time, enjoying retirement, enjoying my family. And I think that's what guys really struggle with the most is that um, sense of uh, a loss of identity. Mm. Like, what's my identity? We play sports from the time we're, you know, six, seven years old until I real we are when we retire. And that has been our identity. But now, what's my identity? It, it took me a good year, year and a half to really get comfortable in, in my transition. Wow. What about you, Chris? A little unlike London, I w was injured. I had my knee scoped and I didn't want to be done. I, I wanted to play more. Uh, I didn't necessarily want to leave the Redskins. I was cut, which happens to everybody, which is, was just totally fine. I was way too prideful to go compete for a job somewhere else. Wow. You want to pay me? Tell me I'm the starter? Sure, no one did. The first training camp out was heaven. And I remember like the, the two weeks before training camp, July, where you always get that, I always got that, ah, uh, sense. The first year out was heaven. But then, you know, you get questions of, you know, what are you doing now? And yeah. I, I immediately started doing radio for the Redskins. And I've been really, really fortunate to work out of the Redskins facility every day since I've left. Okay. So that's, I, I have that kind of, the bond, the coaches and stuff. But for me, the first two years were really hard because I was talking on the radio and you're getting to know me a little bit. I really don't have a very good filter and I try to be very honest <laughs> with what I do. And players that I- I was his teammate. <laughs> players that I played with didn't like it. I kind of built a wall between guys that I'd played with and guys that I was friends with. And I, I, I hated it that, hated I, that I, that I, that I, that I, but I have no filter. But I hated the guys didn't like me. Okay. And so it was really, really hard for me for the first couple of years. It's gotten better because most of the, as NFL turns over most of the team stuff, that yeah. they're not, they're not guys I played with. So gotcha. they don't look at me the same way. Okay. I've also gotten better at saying things so they can't be transcribed the same. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> learn how to do that. On air, how do I say? When I get into sensitive moments, I'm like, okay, how do I say this so when you right. transcribe it, it doesn't, it's it doesn't like produce a, a headline. Right. The thing that I miss, 
like I hated that. The thing that I miss, and it wasn't necessarily identity, and I don't think I need it, need that right now. I don't win or lose. You. I don't win or lose ever. I don't know. There's no scoreboard. There's no way. Like he does his job, but there's no competition. There's no. There's no highest level competition, and in the NFL, there is daily in practice. Correct. How'd you perform? We go back and we grade practice and watch tape, and you know what you did that day. And there, there's no prep for some end goal. And I like my job a lot, and I talk sports, and I'm very fortunate. But I don't leave work and high five somebody. Wow. Yeah. Or walk out with that pit in your stomach of could have, should have, didn't. Just walk out. And I used to. So I and I'm really fortunate to call the games, and I love traveling with the team, and I love being a part of everything. For the first couple of years, I used to have almost that butterfly feeling before the games. Before the game, wow. I don't even walk out on the field anymore. Yeah. I still love what I do, mm-hmm. but there's no, there, there's no fear of failure. There's no, I don't know. There's no winning or losing. So I don't. That's that's something that you have to think about how you create in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so that, that's the one thing that I miss the most. Wow. You know, yeah, it's weird. Brian, like, yeah. for me, I had a, a little different journey. So my junior year in high school, I was one of the, I was just a highly recruited player. I ended up tearing my ACL. So my senior year in high school, I played five games. And so you go from a, a, a player that was highly recruited by a lot of schools across the country to a player where you have two scholarship offers, literally two. So your mind shifts like, OK, it's not going to be the NBA. It most likely won't be the NFL. You got to go find a job. So now you, you know, I wasn't thinking about going to college to prepare myself for the NFL. It was prepare myself to get the best job possible. So you choose Villanova. You know, I go there and I do well, get lucky to get drafted. But my mindset still is, I don't know how long this NFL thing is going to last. So I'm going to take advantage of it, hopefully make as much money as I can. And whatever money I, I have, then I'm going to you know, start working like a real job. And, you know, I, I was blessed enough to make enough money in the NFL where I didn't have to go work at, afterwards. And so I, I remember like it was yesterday, maybe one of the first couple of weeks into the season, Troy Vincent came to my rookie year, was like, listen, Rook, and Troy is Troy's a great dude, but he would just, he would say some things and you, you don't understand it as a rookie. But his, his thing was, you need to start planning for retirement now. And I'm like, well, well, Troy, I literally just got here. I'm, you know, I'm just happy to be here, but I don't, I'm not ready to plan for retirement. Right. But what he was trying to say is that throughout your career, if you see something you like, now is the time to take advantage of it. If you really want to be an announcer and sports analyst, you probably want to start a little bit before you retire because now is when, while you're playing, is when you get the phone calls back. As soon as you're done, they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll call you, but it won't, be, it won't be right away. And so for me... After I retired, I felt like, all right, that part of my life was over. The football part of my life was over. Now it was, let's transition to something different. And so for me, it, it wasn't hard. I didn't lose my identity uh, per se, but I, I felt like, all right, that's cool. But now let's enjoy the parties that you missed for you know nine years, for 20 years while you're playing football, the birthdays, the holidays, things like that. And my retirement gave me an opportunity to enjoy those things, but now, because I'm around the game so much, talking about the game so much, I really miss the game. So it's, for me, in retirement, it's been amazing. I, you know, I, I never knew that my career was going to take the course that it did, but I'm glad that it did. And now the most beneficial part for me is that we have this platform 
that people want to hear what we have to say and they respect what we're saying because we've been there. And so when I talk to these kids, and they're young kids, these are young men born in the late 90s. They were, getting, they were born when we were graduating high school. And they're saying, I remember when you, I grew up watching you play, which is still kind of eerie to me. And I patterned my game after you. It's an eerie feeling still for me at, at times. That's one of the things that even with Troy, I'll never forget how I got connected or re-engaged with the league was because I knew about so many resources that are available that players didn't know about. Mm -hmm. It's like they didn't know. And agents weren't doing a good job of post-career of making their players, their clients aware of, here's what's available. Counseling, mm -hmm. literally, psychologists, now there's transition coaches. Mm -hmm. And now the league and the owners understand how important it is now to re-engage. Man, seeing Ryan Leaf and see him get a back, back around the guys. And, and these guys telling about what that's like, because we all know the psychology. Yeah. Like, Craig, you mentioned it was an injury that, that you transitioned out of. Think about how many guys, and most don't leave the game on their own volition. Most don't leave the game when they were ready. The door was closed. So some of it is connecting with a transition coach, getting connected, getting signed up with the Legends community. Who understands it besides somebody being in it? It's, it's, it's London. Yeah. It just feels good to be around somebody who's gone yeah. through what you've gone through. Just or just had those conversations. I mean, you know, we know what it's like to go through those training camps to, you know, make a make a team, make an NFL roster. You know, have the struggles, the highs of win, the lows of a loss. You know, just to go about that. And we all, you know, from different teams, you can talk about your days in Philly, or I could talk about, you know, man, the Monday night, you know, game we played, and you shook me in a hole. <laughs> and the first thing I think about, man, rare. everybody is watching that. <laughs> I was about to, oh, I'm about to light him up. Man, that boy shook me up like, what? This Brian Westbrook is real. You know, but just how we uh, were preparing, you know, the preparation to go yeah. against you and stuff like that, um, just that part of it, where we can just get amongst each other, talk about the different not even struggles, just, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. You know, maybe you have a, oh, yeah, I've dealt with that too, and this is where I, you know, went to get some some help or, you know, hey, such and such can help you with that. Or, you know, I have a hard time like forming that. close friendships outside of football. And it's not like I don't have acquaintances and I have people that we hang out with, but I don't have very many things in common with people that live around me in Loudoun County. Yeah. And so it's been really interesting. I've been really fortunate in the last year. Because the guys are young, right? The players are there, they're young. And I, the coaches, staff, those are, those are my close friends. But talk about neighbors, things like that. We, I have a hard time forming like, good male relationships where I feel like we're close. Because I had some of those relationships in the locker room. Yeah. So it's, it's really strange what you're talking about when you can sit down and share some of the things. We relate, you and I, we, we relate. Right. Yeah, yeah. And true. so it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and maybe kids. Yeah. Now, now yeah, then you yeah. have kids, and, the kids and then your kids get older, you'll, so you'll, you have that yeah. in common with other people. But, you know, over the last couple of years, it, it was really interesting. I met two guys. One played quarterback on a couple scout teams, went to William & Mary, graduated my year of high school, Lane Campbell. Uh, the other guy, his name's Jeff Honey, pitched in the Tigers organization. My age, they went to high school together. They were already friends. And it was like a relief. The first night I met him at this kind of party, we sat and we talked and five minutes in, I'm like, 
I like you guys. Yeah. Right. And you know because Absolutely. they relate to what sure. you've done, and it, it is true. I did have a hard time with that. You know, there's not a lot of people, you know, and you're, you're right, we're 1% of the population that, you know, but there's not a lot of people that can ever understand the hard work, the dedication, the discipline that it takes to play in the NFL. Even, like, something small, like, all right, you can't drink that or eat this for six months while you're in season. Go try to tell somebody that's just trying to lose weight to not eat french fries for, for a week. Yeah. They don't understand that type of dedication, that, that type of commitment. And it's hard to go find that in someone. And so now, when I go talk to somebody else, and, I, and from Maya's perspective, this is what you're talking about, Chris, when I go talk to Johnny, Mr. Plumber, that goes to work sometimes, and sometimes he don't want to show up, and he's sick today, and he don't go, <laughs> he don't understand that, listen, we go to work Christmas, birthdays, flu. Correct. It, we, we have to be there, because no matter what, how you felt all week long, Sunday's happening, whether you were there all week or not. They don't understand that type of commitment. So come now pick you up on a sick day. Yeah, well, yeah, no, we, we'll we'll drop this, some film off to you so you can watch practice at least. That's we'll be the, at your we'll be at your house in thirty minutes. Right, right, or, right. Or if you play for New England, if there's gonna be a snow uh, Armageddon the next day, you better stay, stay at the, at the hotel, facility, right? Yeah. Close to the facilities because uh -huh, uh -huh. we don't want to hear nothing about no you can't make it to practice. Yeah. But the other thing in terms of being together and being able to talk. It's the similarity, it's the commonalities. Mm -hmm. It's the, when we talk about what it's like now to go sit in a doctor's office and you're waiting and you don't go through the back door. Who can relate to that? Yeah. Yeah. Who would say, because it goes back to, you mentioned it in terms of psychology, making all of this money, who, we, who can we talk to to say, man, I, man, where's my identity? Just what you just said, right? But who can relate to that besides us? Yeah. Yeah. Who can you who can you go? You got a boatload of money. They like, man, man, you play 16 years, man. When you go go retire, go play golf, right? Just crazy stuff where you you can only do that for so long. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now it's like, because we were created to have purpose. Right. Right? And the other thing about getting in these environments when we talk, we can learn something new. No doubt. Oh, absolutely. Because we've been in an environment of of development. Guess what? You still got to examine the play, your play, every week. What if we started implementing some of the things that we were organically exposed to in the league? Mm -hmm. You had to show up timely, right? You had to be on time. You had to understand what you were doing. Don't tell me we're not brilliant guys. Yeah. And you can forget that because the world, dis the people dismiss that. Oh, that's a football player. We wait more than football players. Yeah. But you got to be reminded of that. I think the one thing that I've experienced, just being around the guys, and it's been recent for me, maybe in the last six months, just being around more NFL guys, is that not only have you experienced some of the things that I'm going to go through, you're also opening my mind to different things. Because for me, I'm just, us narrow focus. It's my little world. And I like this world because I can control it. Just like you go to football, just practice, drive, go home, Kids go back to practice, you know, the same type of thing. And for me, I kept my world very, very small because I liked it like that. I, I, I can control, I can reach everything, and I can control everything. But being around the guys, and I'm talking to Mike Rucker, I'm talking to different guys, they're saying, well, I'm doing this, and I'm playing golf once a week, I'm trying yoga, and I'm, now that says, you know what, to me it says, you know, it's okay to try these things. Open up, just think, just at least think sure. about them. Yeah. Consider doing those things. Just give this other guy an opportunity, a chance. And, and to me, it's been it's just been awesome being around the guys because when we go home, I'm surrounded by soccer moms and and and, and football dads that have never played the game. 
And so now I'm looking at him like, uh, I, I don't even, just like you were talking, I don't even know that we're going to have anything in common. Yeah, those <laughs> football dads, man, you start talking to them, trying yeah. to tell them what's soccer up, and they got their place. Soccer dads aren't even better. You're, you're, yeah. like, you're like, no. That's not how it really works, right? Okay. Yeah. And they so always soccer say, dad's fun because I don't know anything about soccer. Yeah, that's, I, that's what my kids probably need to play. The, the football dad isn't this. This is how they do it, and for real. And I'm just like, no, no, that's not it at all. That's mm -mm. not how you tackle. That's do not you how miss you... it? Do you miss the game? I always get that question, right? I, I miss. So what I love was, I like to practice. I used to love practicing. Um, the game plan and watching film and being able to go out and try to um, execute against a, a Westbrook. That's what I miss. Just like, you know, when I was most comfortable when I'm in that in that film, you know, I got my computer or I'm in the, watching this film and I'm deciphering and trying to decipher this offense like, all right, when they come out in this formation, I know what they're going to do. So going through that process and then when Sunday came, you know, being able to execute that right. and it and it comes uh, come to fruition. I miss that aspect. Well, I got I got one. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pull this elephant out of, out of the uh, off the wall here. How do you now motivate yourself without those external things <laughs> that will thrust upon your well, fire? I, I look at it now <laughs> where you see the uh, the post career accolades where they talk about these you know Hall of Fame Hall of Famers, the guys are coming up. Absolutely. And I hear you know different guys that are oh he's gonna be a surefire Hall of Fame. He's gonna be, Y'all ain't mentioned me. Hold on. So that, you know, sure. I get I, I get motivated. <laughs> I can't do anything about it because I can't go play anymore. But I'd be wondering, that, man, hold on, let me tweet my resume out, cause y'all, you know, I I've done some great things. Absolutely. Um, it's it's tough. It's sure. tough. Um, I think really just I don't I'm I'm motivated now to be a, a better father, mm -hmm. better yeah. husband, sure, you know, better person, better Christian, um, better person to impact, help impact society. That's what I'm motivated by now sure. more than anything. I'll bet you, first of all, I'll bet you're the person, if we're playing one-on-one -on -one basketball and I drive to the hole and get past you, you tackle me before I get to the basket. And you're like, that's no foul. You call them foul. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, foul. You call that a foul. You're right. calling, you're, right. you're calling right. fouls here? Right. right. I was going to ask you guys, what wisdom would you give to the current guys now looking back? And when people ask me, I said, man, do you miss the game? I said, no. I have no regret at all. I said, because I did what I was supposed to do while playing. Right. What would you say to some of those current guys those that are still playing now that you look back? The, the first thing I, I was telling one of the young guys yesterday is, first of all, shut your mouth. We, oh. we, don't, need to, we don't need to hear you. I just need to see you. Make sure you're on time early. The vets are not here to torture you. They're here to help you. But then a lot of times, they're not going to volunteer the information. Don't be afraid to approach a guy that's done it mm -hmm. and say, listen, I need help. I, I'll never forget, and, and B. Mitch, I talk to all the time, Brian Mitchell, and he said, you don't understand how many questions you asked me your rookie year. I would stay up all night long just asking him questions. And because of that desire to learn, now he has a vested interest in me and my success. And when you have a veteran on your team, that, that, that wants you to be successful, even in the same position. Sure. I mean, this dude taught me how to replace him. Correct. This dude taught me how to catch punts, how to catch the ball out of the backfield, which was his job. And once they, they have their vested interest, they're going to make sure you're successful. And they've been through almost everything that you're going to go through. So I, I would tell these young guys, grab them to a vet. Make sure that he understands that you want this. Here are my objective. I want to learn. I ain't going to say nothing. Just teach me. 
and, and what you teach it, I'm going to observe. I'm, I'm going to absorb all of it, and then I'm going to go out there and work my butt off. And I want you as a vet to hold me accountable. They're going to hold you accountable. The old school vets, they ain't going to let you slide anyway. So they're going to hold you accountable. But that's what that's what you got to do. These young guys these days, they think they know everything, and you can't come into this league with these grown grown men and going to tell them what you are and are not going to do. That's just not how it works. That's good. And so I'll I, 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 be patient. Be they good students. a vet. And it's funny when it Absolutely. turns to the vet that really actually likes the game mm -hmm. needs the young player. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like the vet needs to have that. I almost have to pass my knowledge right. to someone. And I like them. They, to, to continue to love the game, the vet needs it. But the young players, they need it bad. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, my last year, so 2013 was my last year. I had planned on retiring after the 2012 season. Um, we we had made the playoffs, lost, um, and so after that se after that game, we went out as the linebackers. Um, we had our finally had our linebacker night out. I'm mean, wearing a limo, and me and um, Perry Riley, we we're in the car coming back, and Perry was the starting uh, inside linebacker with myself. You know, I was you know helping to groom Perry, you know, and so um, Perry's like, man. London, I need you one more year. I'm like, dang. <laughs> so, like, I was like, man, parents, you know, in my mind. I'm like, That's why you came back. That was that was one of the main reasons Good I came you. back. And you felt responsible because you were grooming this young man. And not only that, it was I still felt like I needed to do some more leading. And when I say leading, preparing, right. not just Perry, but some other guys, whether it was, uh, you know, Rackpole, um, just different guys. I, I was trying to leave the, the Redskins better than when I came because – like, hell, I've been here seven years. I don't want you guys to mess this up, you know. Right. Um, you mentioned finding that, that right veteran to emulate, you know, develop uh, great habits. Right. You know, I watched you. You didn't even know I was watching you. No. Um, so find that right guy. I would tell them, too, also um, each day work on your craft on the practice field. And also when you get home, I mean, it's not going to just stop. Once you uh, leave that building, you have to continue, you know, watch that film, put in, put in more hours, have uh, have great integrity because it's not just when somebody's watching, it's what right. what you do when nobody's watching, that'll sustain you and help you have a long, successful career. So that, that's what would be, that would be my advice to those guys. I thought if our guys were not better after I left, I was a failure as a leader. Mm -hmm. So I never forget I was uh, I was I would give the young guys anything I knew. You remember Jerry Mitchell's Butler, all those guys, right? It didn't matter. I was going to tell him everything because I knew also from my relationship with Christ, you couldn't replace me until I was finished. That's right. Right. So I never, ever worried about somebody taking my job. So I, I would tell them anything they wanted to know. And I'll never forget, this was a veteran guy. And um, he was coaching at the time. And he heard me, and he pulled me aside. He, he said, uh, he said, man, you, you teaching these young guys all the tricks of trade? He said, yeah. He said, man, I ain't telling them none of that stuff till I was ready to finish. <laughs> and I told him that same thing. I said, man, they can't replace me. Yeah. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to, and I'm supposed to be here. And when I'm, it's time to finish, I'll be finished. I'll walk away. But if they're not better because of me being there, I was a poor leader. So when I talk to the current players, first question I ask them, I said, how much do you guys love being here today? in the game, right? So I have them raise their hand. How many of y'all like love the money you're making today? Just current players. And they're like, oh, yeah. I said, do you know, prior to you getting in this room, some players, some owners, and the players associated all made decisions, good, bad, or indifferent, that caused this game to be at the height of the popularity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So whoever was in here before you were good stewards. You're benefiting of it, uh, from it. So now it's your responsibility to understand that child that was your age when I was playing, that needs, that would love to play this game. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to decide if this game still is popular. And so just reminding the guys, and this is where legends come in. Because when you're young, Einstein said it best. He said, what youth is wasting on the young? And just you don't know. Mm -hmm. So, man, it's been great with this podcast, man. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I appreciate you unfiltered, filtered now, the wisdom <laughs> of Chris. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But I really want to finish with this and remind us, all of us have the opportunity to do our generation. Because at some point, uh, Shakespeare said, it says, we're all, all the world is a stage. We each have our points of interest. While on stage, we may play varying roles, but make no mistake, eventually we leave the stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now let's leverage this influence of legends. Regardless of how you feel about your career, somebody's looking up to you and love you. Very yeah. true. And we speak into their lives, things that um, that young player that's thinking, man, I can never play. Look at my size. Or the things that we never think about in the locker room. As you said, never came in the locker room thinking about other foolishness outside of uh, accountability to win a game. So thank you guys. You feed me right now doing this oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, London. Thank, thank you, you Brian. Thank you, Chris, yeah, appreciate for it. taking the time to come. God bless you guys, man. Appreciate you having us. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at NFLLegends at NFL.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.